What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 72 of the Podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friends, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And DJ, the content, the Cactus King, Lewis. <laughs> What's up, people? <laughs> What's going on, brother? Nothing much. <laughs> How you guys doing? Good. I just I just hope that's Cactus with a K. Of course. Why wouldn't Why? it be? Cactus King, KK. Like oh, KK okay. He is all oh, foreshadowing. Man. Foreshadowing. <laughs> DJ the Slider Lewis. That's gonna be my new nickname <laughs> next week. Oh my god. So, but like when I say Slider, like obviously with KK in mind, like you think KK Slider, but I immediately think of like little tiny hamburgers. So I'm just thinking of oh, DJ yeah. as like a tiny little mouth burger now. Wow. No cheeseburger. American yeah. cheese. That's not real yeah, cheese. Hell yeah, hell <laughs> yeah. These colors don't run, baby. <laughs> Throwback to After Dark episode like five. It's not real cheese. <laughs> doesn't matter if it's real cheese. Like, it's my favorite. I love, I love Europeans and how they're just like, oh, oh, our chocolate's better or our cheese is better. It's like, who cares? Like, I don't care. You're still buying them. You're still you, eating No, it. you do care. You wish you had arrows there. You are hundred. I do wish I had arrows, but that's not because it's like it's just that's that's like the same shitty chocolate that we have though. Like it's Nestle. It's just a Nestle product. <laughs> I'm waiting for you, Steve, to change our lives with these electric kettles. <sighs> We're gonna talk about yeah. that on After yeah. Dark because I have some things to say about yeah. those electric kettles. Oh, okay. I'm, well, all right. So. <laughs> That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Nintendo. So if this is your first time joining us, we don't usually talk about kettles. We talk about Nintendo. Welcome to the podcast, LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast, where we get together and talk about everything that's going on in the world of Nintendo. If you guys want to show your support for the show, remember you can give us a like on your audio platform of choice, and make sure you subscribe to our RSS feed so that you know when our episodes go live every Monday morning all across the globe. Uh, if you want to get some more content from us, you can head over to LootPots.com where we have uh, you know Nintendo news, reviews, all kinds of stuff. It's it's the home base for everything LootPots does. But if you want to get some uh, more multimedia content for, from us, you can head over to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash LootPots, where we're streaming Animal Crossing every Thursday. Uh, Steve's starting to stream some stuff on Monday. He's been streaming Coffee Talk over there, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, so... Great place to go and get involved with the community. We recently hit affiliate. Uh, we've been having a great time over there. So if you're into streams and you haven't checked out one of our streams, Mondays and Thursdays right now, check it out. We'd love to have you. Uh, you can also head over to our YouTube channel where we've got you know an archive of a bunch of great videos. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at LootPots on both Twitter and Instagram. And connect with us on our Discord, uh, where we have an ever-growing community of potheads just like you there every week, talking about video games, uh, trading Animal Crossing items, helping people get over on the stock market. So uh, it's a great place to connect with other Nintendo fans and find people to talk and game with and stuff. So if you want to head over there, connect with us, get your thoughts right on the air like a ton of people did in our Mail Pot segment um, on every episode, uh, you can, and we hope you will. Last but not least... If you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash lootpots. And if you support us at the $1 level now, you will get access to our Patreon-exclusive show, After Dark, where uh, after every episode of the show proper, we keep the conversation going for about another you know half hour, 45 minutes or whatever. Uh, we talk about everything that's not you know uh, Nintendo, sometimes extra Nintendo. Um, so if you want a little bit more of the show, you want to help us keep the lights on, After Dark is the best way to support. It gets you an extra you know 30-plus uh, hours of content now. Um, plus a little extra from us every week. 
you know, and uh, it's it's a big help. You also get a bunch of perks on the Discord. You'll get access uh, to our VIP chat if you hit us at the five dollar level. You can also like get a cool little flare and everything like that. So um, great way to help us out and you know show the community that you're you're one of the real ones. Um, so uh, we hope you'll go and support us over there if uh, at whatever level you can afford. So that's enough shilling for now. Let's uh, talk about what we're playing this week. Uh, I want to start with Steve because, like I mentioned, you were playing uh, a little game called Coffee Talk. Yeah, and it uh, is a little game apparently. It apparently is a little oh. game this time. Oh, yeah, it is actually a little yeah. game. So it's a little indie title. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ's talked about it on the show in the past. We we you know we have his, has a review of it up on the website and everything. It's uh, kind of a a well-worn game in the community, but your first experience with it, Steve, what are your thoughts on it so Entirely. far? Entirely. I mean, I, I was sold as soon as as you said in the chat that there was underage and bestiality, I and mean, that really just uh, obviously was the, <laughs> no! the seller of Don't the game. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow, Steve's like, I'm a fucking heel. Like, <laughs> I'm a goddamn criminal. <laughs> No, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It feels a bit strange, and I I know we're going to talk about this on something new that DJ will talk about in a bit. But um, so far I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's totally my kind of game. I've got my issues with it. The latte art is absolutely impossible to execute. I don't know how anyone has made a decent latte art in that game. Um, and it just feels odd to just be sat there listening to people's conversations and a little bit nosy and like you're literally stood there right in front of them listening to their conversations and then they'll say to you oh sorry sorry you had to witness all that it's like i didn't have to i could have gone over there and cleaned up i could have been polite i could have just i could have fucked off but i decided not to i decided to sit and listen to your argument or your conversation it is pretty interesting right like how it, it's take on like what gameplay is it's not traditional like at it's all. it's very much visual novel but there's like a slight element yeah. of you need to remember certain things it's essentially remembering combinations mm-hmm. and remembering people's faces and you can look it up to some extent on that like facebook thing that you've got on your phone and then there's that like there's that coffee app which doesn't seem to register any of the recipes that i've actually made for some reason but on the whole so far i'm really enjoying it i'm gonna probably finish it i would guess in the next stream that i do next week um on monday so i think that'll be today it as the podcast goes out so if you're listening to it early enough tune in on twitch at twitch.tv slash loopots at 6 p.m um british time and i'll be streaming the rest of coffee talk if you want to kind of watch and see what is see what it's all about you know this uh this game kind of reminds me, like, when I saw you playing a little bit, I tuned into your last stream, um, but I didn't watch too much of it because I didn't want to spoil it for myself. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of uh, Valhalla. It's, like, it's stylized as VA-11 HAL-A, a cyberpunk bartending game, action game or whatever. Um, and okay. that was, like, it's, like, a, it's very similar where, like, you're a bartender and you talk to people and you mix drinks and stuff. And I, I really thought I would like it, and when I started playing it, it just didn't, it didn't appeal to me. I didn't like the gameplay, but I also wasn't in love with... Um, I, I didn't like the art style as much as I thought I was I, going to in I, practice and stuff like that. I'm just looking at it now. I prefer the art style to... Um, I prefer Coffee Talks art style. I think it's a yeah, lot a lot nicer. Um, but this very and much the, looks the music like, is like very much my thing. Oh, the like music's it's all awesome, like just yeah. chill, lo-fi beats. Like, And it has the app where you can actually look can, up what yeah. it's called. And if you want to go back later and you know look it up online, yeah. you can find it. So I, 
I'm looking forward to jumping into it. Um, I wanted to start it this last weekend, but I just really have not had that much time to game. Yeah, um, I get so that. we'll see if I get to it this it. week. But I'm definitely gonna end up playing it um, for a reason that Steve was teasing. Let's just let DJ. Let's just do it. So DJ, why don't you explain? Do why don't you explain why we're all playing the game? Yeah, so um, we want to kind of increase our productivity in terms of the content that we're putting out. Uh, so we kind of conjured up an idea, um, which I think has been kind of briefly in the, like you guys have kind of done it before, like in the early stages of Loot Yeah. Pops. Um, yeah, I played Undertale. Yeah, I thought for so. For the first time. Mm-hmm. Undertale. Hmm. Um, so we're going to be doing a, a game club, and so we're all going to play a game, same game. And we're going to record a podcast with a few of us, some of the folks you might have heard on twitch.tv slash lootpots. Um, but we'll uh, we'll keep the guests a surprise until that launches, which we're planning on at the end of May, um, if everything goes according to plan. And it's going uh, uh, to be an extra episode, which is worth calling out, because it used to just be kind of like we would do it as the main topic. We're going to do this as like its mm-hmm. own, you know, like kind of offshoot thing. It'll be in the same RSS feed, so you don't have to subscribe anywhere else, but it's like an extra episode of the show you'll get that week. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. Um, yeah, and I, I think we're going to plan on doing some cool stuff. Like, we'll gather up a list of games, and then we'll put, like, a like a poll on Twitter or something and see, you know, what everyone wants us to play. And it'll be, like you said, a separate a separate show that uh, everybody can, can tune into. And is going to be hosting it. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I want to be modest. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm bigging you up now, so I'm, I'm excited to see what you do as a host over <laughs> I there. I gotta bring it because Steve, Steve, we'll confirm this. Steve and I are on the first episode. Uh, the, the other guests will be uh, a question mark, but um, that doesn't mean spoilers. That doesn't mean that he and I will be on every episode, which is interesting. Because if we get to mm-hmm. a point where you guys vote for a game that we don't want to play, like we're out. So <laughs> <laughs> DJ has to play it no matter what. <laughs> I, maybe I didn't think this through because I don't. I don't like a lot of games. <laughs> I'm so ready for you to like have to start conversations around games that you were just like, oh, I didn't like this at all. Cool, let me facilitate this conversation. <laughs> I know we're gonna sever so many relationships with developers. It's gonna be insane. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so coffee talk. That's the first one. If if you guys want to join along, um, which is our intention, we'd love it if you would download and play the game. And, like, you know, we'll put out a call for questions and stuff like that before we do the episode. So, um, yeah, go download it. Start playing it now. It's short, so you have some time. But uh, get to it. So, uh, DJ, you also played a little more Streets of Rage 4 this week. You talked about it on the show last week. I saw you tweeting about it a bit. Uh, you're loving it, it seems like. I, you know, man, I don't know why I haven't seen this game like all over my Twitter feed because this game fucking rules. The soundtrack slaps. This is why I said on Twitter, the soundtrack slaps, the fighting beat em up style slaps, the whole fucking game just like slaps, like literally and figuratively. It is so good. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Like I've seen a few other people talking about it, but I don't feel like it. It doesn't seem like it's making a splash. No, and it's you know understandable because this is kind of like a like a comeback story, you know. But the day it released, it got a lot of good press because it kind of reviewed very positively. Um, but the whole experience, like, it's not a very compelling story. But like, that's not really what Streets of Rage is about. Yeah. You know, it has this like you know we were talking about it last week. A very nice art style. It's very very good looking. It's beautiful. Um, the soundtrack is so good. The uh, beat 'em up, like 
side-scrolling beat-em-up style. Just it was like a. It's just as much nostalgic as it is like new, mm, and it's sure. it's just rules. It it feels like it's in that good sweet spot for I think a game like this when it comes back, where it's like you can kind of either like go full retro or you can like try to like press forward and do something that's new but like kind of reminiscent of the old style and it airs more on that side of things from the look of it and i feel like i i want to i want it to succeed because of that like i think it's cool that it's trying to capture what made the series iconic in the first place but like try to do something that feels a little bit more modern yeah and i i think it does that perfectly like it's not a very long story um but you kind of like you go into it and if you're a fan of streets of rage like if you grew up with it like me and i know steve did as well um you just kind of like smile the whole time Um, but if you're like a new fan i could really see you wanting to like go back and enjoy the first three games like like they were new you know that's really cool yeah totally are those games part of the genesis collection on switch do you know Sweet Streets of Rage mm. 1, 2, and 3. I don't know good if they question. did a Streets of Rage in the Genesis collection. Because it would be good if you could like pick those up, play those on the Switch, kind of f- get a feel for how they were, and then move on to Streets of Rage 4, but I don't know if they ever did that. I skipped over that. I'm trying to see. It's It's got 50 titles, I imagine. I have a really hard time thinking that Streets of Rage isn't on that list. I cannot get it. Oh, it's got Streets of Rage 2 at least. Okay, it's probably got Streets of Rage 1 at least in there as well then. Probably. Yeah. If it's got 50 games, I would think so. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) Well, there it is. Now there's no excuse to go back and and play these games. Just do it. Love to see it. So for me, um, I've been playing more of, you know, uh, the stuff I've been playing the last two weeks, which is Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy, but I did play something that was new that I wanted to share uh, that I thought was pretty interesting. It's uh, a PC game called Pummel Party. So uh, this such is a an, funny name. It's yeah, it's great. Uh, it's an it's an indie game that uh, a couple of my friends wrote me into playing. Um, like a lot of my my you know hometown friends that I grew up with and stuff are, are PC gamers. Um, so and I used to play online with them a lot, but I really haven't much in the last like probably a year or so. Um, and they kind of were like, hey, man, yeah, like, come hump on. Like, we've been playing every night. Like, come play this game with us. We're loving it. So I decided to give it a go. And it's a Mario Party spiritual successor. Um, you know, in very much the way that, like, you think of when there's, like, oh, it's this indie game that is aping, you know, this classic franchise that has kind of fallen off. Um, I mean, the game's and, still around, Pete. It's not like they killed the thing. And they brought. One, I mean, let's be real. One though. came like, out like Super two Mario years Party ago. was freaking Mario Maker. It Super, just... <laughs> Super Mario Party is the best Mario Party game in like since the since right. the Wii. So, probably since like even before that. Ar- no, arguably, no. The Ooh. first one on the Wii was good. It's good, even if though it was only in fucking yeah. four by three. God knows why they made that decision. <laughs> it was clearly just made for the GameCube, and then they're like, "Shit, we got a new console coming out." Now. Yeah, just waxing motion yeah. shit yeah. on eight it. Eight is a good Mario Party game. I'll, I'll give. I'll fine. I'll give you eight. So it's the best one since eight. Yes. It's still not nearly as good as the best ones. So that's like three. Because like two and three are the best. No, Mario number parties. five is my favorite on GameCube. That's a hot take, <laughs> but I, I accept it. Four and five are good. Mm-hmm. I like them both fine. Um, what do you want to like blister your hand? <laughs> In the in the first three, come on. I mean, two 
two and three are the best. Two and I three killed so many N64 controllers. Just like ridiculous hey amount. Just, just got to get good. And so many hands. <laughs> don't cheat, you know? I don't. Sorry. <laughs> if anyone can find me one of those gloves, by the way, they sent out for See, that. My, <laughs> my family was like... A, <laughs> to protect your palm. <laughs> <laughs> my family was like a huge Mario, Mario Party family. Like we loved them on the GameCube. And... Um, what they didn't realize for a long time is that I had a turbo button on my ripoff controller. You're such oh a cheater. And so I could like turbo press that, hold down A, press turbo, and it would Toxic. fucking turbo down on some of this. Like there You're was one where you had to like ground pound down, like all of these things, and you could just turbo yeah. it. It would, I would win every fucking time because it was You're just like rapidly tap A. I can't think of you the same way, Steve. <laughs> I can't. That's such a that's such a scumbag move. <laughs> Um, and my mum had no idea because, like, she literally knows nothing about video games. She yeah, of course. No why idea. would she? <laughs> yeah, what's a turbo? <laughs> <on her ears? laughs> That's so funny. Uh, with um, so Pummel Party, I I liked it because I think it's um, it's cool because it's different than Mario Party. Like, it's the same kind of game, but it's not like a like one for one. Like, let's just recreate Mario Party. It's like let's take that formula and do something new with it. So it has like a lot of different kinds of mechanics. Like we played on a board last night. And I've only played on one board, so I don't know all the ins and outs. But like we were on this board that was like a, a horror theme kind of thing, where it was like a spooky neighborhood and a graveyard, whatever. And I think that that's something that reoccurs throughout, but I, I'm not sure. Um, and there was like. Uh, a non-player character like um murderer who like would follow like go around and attack people and like you all have health and when you die you lose a bunch of your keys which are like coins um so there's like a whole strategy to that angle of it and if you if you're in the top three winners in any mini game um or at least i played with a party of six people so if you're playing with less it might be less people who's to say um the top three were, like, getting items, and you can, like, stockpile all these different, like, items, and they're, like... It, there's just a lot of mechanics that are not present in Mario Party that make it feel distinctly different from Mario Party, even though it is effectively an indie Mario Party. Um, and I, I really like that. I appreciated that about it. And, like, if you're somebody like me who loves Mario Party, but, you know, has kind of, like, didn't really end up getting in the stride that you wanted to with Super Mario Party, because I don't know about you guys, but it was a game me and my friends played a little bit, and then yeah. it kind of came and went. Well, there was only, like, um, there was only four, four boards. What was the point in seriously yeah, getting into it? Yeah, there's not enough content. No, no. no and minigames were online, and that was it. Like, if I feel like if you could actually play the game online, if yep, you could play it online, I would probably be a little more inclined yeah, to play my, I think the economy dad... of it's messed up, too. Like, they made the stars too inexpensive. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of little things about mm. Super Mario Party that I think, like, I like the game overall, but I think it's like mm -hmm. it's just all right yeah Whereas, the mini games like, are good the, i thought the mini games yeah. were great i loved the new um the rhythm mode but i missed like some of the staples from mm -hmm. like the old games like the capsules and being able to chuck them onto the board to like either make it good or bad for other people and like the bowser modes and things like that a yeah. lot of that good stuff was mm -hmm. just missing it felt very like pizza devoid of content and yeah. i i think that's what i liked about this one was that it definitely it feels fresh in ways that i would love to have mario party feel again yeah so i don't know if you're somebody who like does play on pc at all i'd highly recommend checking it out i think it was like 15 bucks when i snapped it up and i had a great time with it i'm looking forward to playing it with them again this week so uh pummel cool. party check it out hope it comes to switch
Probably won't, because Nintendo probably doesn't want it there. But. If it does come to Switch, <laughs> we'll have to uh, stream it on, on Twitch. I think that'd be a fun one. I would love to. I Pixel's like, oh, we, we can only stream Nintendo games, so we'll have to take it up with Calling him, him out. Calling out the boss man. Say, you, the listener, tweet at Pixelpar. Say, <laughs> oh, we God. want a Pummel Party stream. <laughs> That's all and Pokemon do. Showdown. And Pokemon Showdown. Yeah, he won't let me do that either. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, and then I think, spoiler alert, we all played Animal Crossing this week. Does anybody have anything to, to share specifically? Cause I got I, my I, 10 million bell, uh, turnip thing. Me wow. too, yeah. You like make 10 million. Yeah. You broke 10 million now or? Well, n- no, not even, uh, you just get like, um, like a nook mile, your thing gets stamped when you oh, make oh, the 10 million. Yeah, it's when you've made 10 yeah. million on the stock market. Yeah. I haven't hit that, that yet, cool. but I'm real close. I think I'm at eight, seven or eight. I made five K the yeah. last or five million the last time I did it, but oh yeah, this weekend I forgot to buy turnips. So mm. how yeah. dare you? See, my- it was terrible. <laughs> I I logged on to start playing right at we the three of us were had a we had like a business call on Sunday morning, and uh, as soon as we hopped off, I was like, oh cool, I'm gonna like eat lunch and then play Animal Crossing, and I started playing at twelve oh five, and I was like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> why? Daisy's gone. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, none of my British friends are online either. No, well, like we, we were ahead of you anyway. I was, like, we, what's that? We were ahead of you anyway. We had it five hours before you. Oh right, no, I would have had to call Chewy. <laughs> I need to go back <laughs> in time. <laughs> See that that screwed me. But other than that, um, I haven't really done too much. Like I'm moving stuff around. I'm I'm still like, you know, doing my dailies and stuff. But like. I didn't play two days this week or maybe three mm-hmm. days, which is the most I've not played in a week because I've just mm-hmm. been busy. Like, I've been preoccupied. I haven't had that much time to play games. And when I have, I've been kind of gravitating more towards Final Fantasy because it's, you know, it's new and I want to finish it. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I still put in, like, probably three or four hours. You know, last week I spoke about my shady black market deals on Lookazon, right? Yeah. <laughs> I took it up a notch this week. I accidentally told Goldie... I didn't want her on my island anymore, and I was gutted oh, about that. Oh, I saw that. That's uh, so heartbreaking. But I'm over it. Fuck if I care. I got 20 Nook Miles tickets and 20 Star Fragments for her. I sold her wow. on Nookazon. And it just You're like, oh, she was oh, one of my God. favorite villagers. Now I don't give a shit because I sold Who her. Who gives a fuck because I've got the Amiibo card and she's going to be moving back in. And then I can repeat the yeah. process again. Make some more. Can you do that? Apparently, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Chewy. It was funny. I saw that. Oh, Chewy. Chewy said Chewy he has that? every amiibo card. He does, and he's oh, yeah. thinking of doing the same thing, like an adoption agent. He should. He really should. He'd make an absolute ton of money. Oh, you know yeah. what? Oh my god, good guy, Chewy. Forget the money, dude. He should do that. We should. I'm gonna ask him if he'll do that for Twitter giveaways for us. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. You want to unlock? Yeah. You want to unlock? You know the real top tier yeah. villagers. You better come follow us and join the Discord. <laughs> I want Coco so bad. Oh, I love, I'd love, i love to have Coco. I just got Sydney, who replaced um, Goldie. I'm really happy with Sydney. She's a koala. Um, I'm really worried, actually. <laughs> I just thought about this. So we're going to be streaming Animal Crossing when we're done recording right now, because it's Thursday, and that's when we record. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Lupots. Head over there on Thursdays. Um, I had an open slot, and I haven't played, oh, no. and I'm gu- I'm guaranteed that Tom Nook yeah, sold this to some motherfucker. It, yeah. I don't want to be yeah. there, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna and I didn't, I wanted to go I you, island hopping and find somebody good. I hope you get Limburg. 
You're fucked up. <laughs> I don't want him. You hate him. I would him. be so happy for you. I have a poster of him, too. Yeah, because you love him so much. You're his biggest fan, right? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I hung it up in my yeah. house. That's it. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. We're I can't wait on. to stream. I can't wait to stream either. <laughs> I miss it. I'm like missing the game right now. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, so let's hop into the news. Uh Funny enough, we're going to talk about more Animal Crossing, so let's, let's just get into it. Uh, Nintendo, Nintendo released their financial figures this week, actually today as of this recording, and uh, there are some really interesting but not like super surprising figures, I think. I think a lot of people were like very surprised by some of this Animal Crossing news, and I'm kind of like, it's kind of what we're... What- what, what the tea leaves have been saying, yeah. but all right. So Animal Crossing New Horizons sold a impressive 11.77 million units in its first 11 days on the market. Uh, that's now at over 13 million total, um, which is huge. That is more than New Leaf sold in its entire lifespan. Yeah. Uh, wild. Game's not even been out for two full months yet. Yeah, it's going to be the best selling game on the console by far. I did. Mm, I you think? Yep, I think it's gonna out, I, I, outsell America. I really do. I kind of think it might. Yeah. If not, I think it, it's it could. guaranteed for second place. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like a shoe in for second. My thing is like, I don't know that it can catch up to Mario Kart Eight if it keeps selling, but I don't know that it will. Is the thing, but like. For the same reason that Animal Crossing will continue to sell, Mario Kart will also because people are still buying Switches yeah. and will for the next three years. And every one of those people is probably going to buy one of those two games or both. Mm-hmm. Um, well, think about this scenario, right? Imagine we're, we're, we're kind of overdue for a new Mario Kart game. If we get a Mario Kart 9... That Animal would, Crossing has Then a Animal path. Crossing's fucking got it. Yeah. If they, came out, if they come out with a Mario Kart 9... Next year, for example, mm-hmm. I New Leaf becomes the or New Horizons becomes the best selling game on the console. Probably, I can't mm-hmm. see us getting another Mario on the Switch. I don't yeah, think so either. Like, like, why I bother? It's, it's still selling. Yeah. Like, fuck it. There's no point. Yeah, there's, like, there's, save although no I am, I am surprised that we haven't gotten any more content from the Wii U's no, DLC. That I am surprised about. I'm kind of really. Like, when you think about how well it's sold, the fact that they right. haven't done like a second DLC pack is kind of weird. What would you want? Like, you know, BMWs? We already have more cups. Mercedes in that, you know? <laughs> BMWs. <laughs> you know, but I mean, like, add, add like, another set of three cups and add, like, five, New characters? More, five more characters. Because what was mm-hmm. the, the first pack added what? It was two, there was two packs, and it, each one yeah. added one cup and two racers? I don't think they need I to think do it, it added DLC, more. though. Like, we've got all the Labo stuff added for free. I think they could do the same stuff with, like, adding additional characters. And I think they probably could do that as, like, promotional stuff for other games. My thing is, I just don't... Uh, I, I think if you release it, like, $5 pack, like, you'll make a lot more money. That's kind of more why I'm surprised. It's not to say that they couldn't release stuff for free or do it for promo or whatever, but like when you think about the game has a 50% attach rate right now, like yeah. If you own a Switch, it's a 50/50 chance that you own Mario Kart. How many people would turn it back on and buy a $5 DLC? Mm-hmm. I probably But then it's like it's selling. Why why they're probably like we don't have to. It's yeah, the best but, selling game on the system. But it's just like think about it. If half of the people that own it buy that that's yeah, you've made 25 million. several million dollars mm-hmm. that you got mm-hmm. for putting out one new character it's a, to me it's a no-brainer <laughs> or a few but I'm, I'm trying to see both sides to it 
you know, because it's like, it would just make so much more sense and it would make people, I don't even know if anybody's longing for a Mario Kart 9 except for like Danny. Danny's like the only I, person. People are content right now. I really do. I, I think you save it I'm as content. A I love Mario Kart. I think you save it as a bullet in the chamber for the Switch successor. I really want them title. to improve their online stuff before they do another Mario Kart. I really, really do. That's true too. How so? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. Like, why is it still Mii's? It made zero sense to me that that's the only game I had to create a me for, so it could show up in the basically the same thing they made for the Wii U. It felt really odd to me. I mean, that's why. Because it's just a port. Yeah, but they couldn't even bother mm-hmm. to change it. Like with Splatoon, they they changed the way it looked and way it felt. They could well, have done the same. Splatoon choose a new game. It's not a port. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> it is. It's different. It has way more new content for sure. Del- Deluxe has nothing that's new. It just runs on that's Switch. That's what I would love them to do with the Mario Kart. Is um is release a game and give it the free updates that Splatoon's getting that, that mm-hmm. Animal Crossing got and not do DLC for it. Like so I honestly would I don't I wouldn't even have a problem if it was paid DLC. Like I think the price value yeah. for what they were giving you for versus how much it cost was more than fair. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. totally fine IMO. Because with Splatoon, like they didn't really release a lot of significant new content that was free. It was like here's Oh no you got a fair few you got new maps, you got we got new gear, we got new modes. New modes. Like the yeah. the new modes were the biggest stuff. Like I love Clam uh, Blitz, The modes for that's example. fair. That that like, is significant. Clam Blitz is an amazing yeah. addition. Mm-hmm. New fair music. Play. Fair play. Yeah, the music I'm I'm so so bad because I didn't really like many of the new tracks <laughs> they they added. <laughs> So Fair to enough. take it back to Animal Crossing, um, you know this is all on top of that news from a couple of weeks ago that this is the best-selling digital console game of all time right now, which is absolutely insane. So that takes us to a question that we got this week from our own Ram, who asks, "What are your predictions for Animal Crossing New Horizons sales in two years, and why?" So Steve, you said you think it'll be the best-selling game on the console. I do. Where do you think it nets out? numbers wise yeah i need to figure that so the switch has sold we're gonna get to it but 55 million copies right so let's see yeah it's uh this this is the next item switch has sold 55.77 million units units of hardware so the attachment rate is around about 13 divided by 55 is about 23 percent at the moment so 20 about 23 percent of people that own a switch own a copy of animal crossing if it continues at 23%, then um, you're still looking at a lot because I think they're going to make they'll sell another 19 million units in the next financial year. But I think you could easily hit like 50, 60 million copies of Animal Crossing by the time two years is up. The number of Switches. You think? Yeah. They're, they're, I really don't know. They're likely, it's a long time. They're likely to sell. Just this financial year, they think they're going to sell 19 million units. If they do the same next year, that's another 40 million switches that they've got on yeah. top of the 55 million they've already got. That's that's 100 million switches you've got. I think you could get up to a 50% attachment rate for that game at some point. I see that. I don't know. I don't... I, it, it's tough because like... Because a 50% attachment I'm... rate puts it at where Mario Kart is, essentially. Like 50% yeah, but I don't think people... Animal Crossing is as universally appealing as Mario Kart. I don't know. I I do, and I think mul- multiple people bought multiple switches just for that game. And think about this too: a lot of people who want to play Animal Crossing, at least from what I've seen, they can't even find a Switch right now. No, or the game. And that's like, a huge problem. So, right and now. you can't play the game without the Switch. Yeah, and don't they get me wrong. Probably would have done even better. I'm very bullish that it will continue to sell highly, and the idea of it, the idea of it selling twice what it's sold now. 
in its lifetime doesn't seem crazy to me at all. Yeah, so but you're saying around about 30 million copies then? I don't know is the thing. is like I think 50 seems really high. The idea of, of that game having a 50% attach rate, even if the Switch sells 100 million units, which, you know, mm-hmm. Steve, you yourself said you had doubts about when we spoke about Switch sales recently. Um, yeah, but it, the Switch has it, now sold 55 million units. Like, they sold I mean, it had sold the same amount when we were talking. Like, it was about that much when we had last hogged. Mario Kart's are at currently about 25 million units sold. And when, if you don't count Wii U, yeah. No, Mario Kart 8, yeah, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, just Deluxe on the yeah. Switch is at 25 million units sold. Number two's right. Smash Brothers at 18.8 million. It's easily going to beat Smash Bros. It's already sold 13 and a half million copies. Yeah. You've only got another easily. 5 million you've, you've overtaken it. And you've got another two years on top of it. I think you could reach the 40, 50, 60 million copy mark. I really do. 60, 60, I think, is out of the question. If it hits 60, I'll be genuinely shocked. I think 50 is possible, but I feel like that's about the ceiling on where I'm willing to... 50 million. You say 50. I'm going to say 45. Okay. All right. Or... mm. Do I say forty or do I say forty-five? Oh well, I mean it's 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 either way. It's it's still a lot of copies, but like oh, it's still a lot. But it sold thirteen and a half million in like eight in six weeks. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, that's hugely impressive. But like most video games, sell the most amount of copies that they're mm-hmm. going to sell It'll in plateau. that time period. Like it's going to plateau. It's not going to continue to sell at the amount it's selling right now. And like you also have to acknowledge that. It got a significant percentage bump based on the current the climate, yeah. global pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And granted, we could be in this lockdown situation for another six months, and if Switch production lines reopen and everything, and it's easier to get a Switch, you'll continue to see people well, buy it. That's the thing is, I yeah. I definitely think it'll sell another twenty million. It's the question of does it sell another thirty? Does it sell another forty? And I don't know. Okay, mm-hmm. well another like, twenty million. Takes you up to thirty three and a half thousand, right? Is that... and I think that's, I think that's safe to. I think that's guess. that's that's really safe. Like if Mario Kart's yeah. at twenty five million already, in two years, I think Animal Crossing is gonna match that and probably succeed it easily. I was gonna say thirty. Thirty. You think thirty? Okay, so we're we're yeah. we're between thirty and forty five. I'm gonna say 40. forty. I'm gonna split the difference. <laughs> so you'll, we'll go thirty, forty, fifty. And here's the thing. When Switch, like, when Switch 2 comes out and we're like, all right, time to, like, this chapter of, you know, of, of, of Nintendo is over. We're looking towards the future. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the bet again then. And I'll trust Ram to keep us honest for that because Ram remi- remembers every stupid bet that we've yes, ever made. True. He was telling me the other day about something we said at E3 that he's still tracking right now. Oh, my God. Um. From last year, but, so we'll see how that goes. Like, it's in the, the stuff we're going to talk about. They've announced two games for the West this year that are coming out this year. Two games. That's yeah. it. Three, if you count Famicom Detective Club, but that's only been announced for Japan. Probably won't ever get localized. It's a remake of a Japanese-only game. It's like everyone's going to keep buying Animal Crossing unless you're interested that's the thing, in though, Xenoblade. I, I, I agree. I think people will continue to keep buying Animal Crossing, but I don't think that that's... I think that's a a bad 
point to bring up because I don't think that because there are not other new games that more people will buy Animal Crossing because I really think that anybody who wasn't interested in Animal Crossing, like those people who did buy it on a whim on because of the hype, because of the pandemic, I think those sales have already happened and I don't think we can don't. count on that additional percentage bump I think, to continue I, I think it's going to be that I'm trying to buy a Switch. Probably loads of people have been trying to buy a Switch. We tweeted out on the Lootbox account that the Animal Crossing Switch was back in stock on Amazon UK, and within like five minutes of that tweet going out, they were sold out again. Nobody can get hold of these yeah. things, and when they can get hold of them, they're probably going to buy the hottest game of the year, which is Animal Crossing. It's really the only new game that's been announced apart from you know, um, the Clubhouse games, but I don't think you can really count that as a solo game. Wow. But it depends what you like, right? I mean, I know a lot of people who are not getting Animal Crossing and are waiting for Xenoblade. Yeah. Like, that's their Animal Crossing, you know, of this year. Animal but... Crossing is not a game for everyone. It just isn't. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's a game that appeals to a huge number of yeah. people. And I think a lot of people who would have never taken a chance on it mm-hmm. did because of not just the pandemic but also just because everybody was playing it and everybody is playing it so like if you're sitting at home and nothing's out right now like i think you know that was attractive for some people but like you also have to think there are a lot of other games that are coming out that are not on nintendo platforms that are appealing to people you know there are a lot mm-hmm. of other big games this year mm-hmm. um final think... fantasy just came out last of us is out next month ghost of tsushima is out like two weeks three weeks later um so like I don't know. I don't know that we're going to see... I think the plateau of, like, the huge burst is coming to a close. Because you think about... It sold 11 million in its first 11 days, and in the rest of the time since then, it sold, like, 2 million. So, like, is that a... a, People can't get it? Or is that the wave of interest has waned? We don't know yet. Maybe not a 10 million people can't get it. Right. Exactly. That I seems like a huge number. A few million probably can't get it, but like, yeah, yeah. How, what is that? Another million? Like, we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know. And yeah, there's already 55 million in store base. So if those 55 million wanted, they could go digital. And we they already know it. that it's the right the biggest digital game of all time on consoles. So yeah, that's a, right. that's and a good you point. could you could find the physical game and and buy and say I'll play it when I get a Switch. That would be agonizing to me, but my people do that. My it, copy of Breath possible. of the Wild for my Switch showed up before my Switch showed up, and I was sat there just looking at the case on like on the same week. I, I couldn't like, do yeah, that. To the fuck is my Switch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I remember the day the Switch came out was also the day that uh, Logan, the X Men movie, came out, and I had like been playing uh, my Switch for like a few minutes before I had to go to the movies and see it, and I was just like, I really want to see this movie, but I but. <laughs> But Zelda, it's right here. <laughs> so I didn't even start it. I just played Mario Kart for like an hour oh, no. and then like took my Switch to the theater and me and my other friend who got it were like, let's play Switch. This is so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It was great. We were playing Mario Kart in the theater waiting for the movie to start. And I was like, this is the fucking oh, future. That's awesome. <laughs> rad. So good. Uh, so we talked about it before, but they also announced that Switch has officially hit 55.77 million units of hardware and 356.24 units of software worldwide, uh, which is really impressive. Uh, to give that some context, uh, the NES sold 61.91 million units ever and sold 500 million uh, 0.01 units of software ever. So um, already 
chomping at those numbers, right? Like we're we're coming up on that pretty quick. Uh, and then compare compare it to the best console that they've ever had, home console. The Wii had 101.63 million units of hardware sold and 921.69 million units of software sold, which is an insane amount of software. Um, I think we're going to get a lot closer to that Wii number, and I really wonder if it eclipses it. I really do. I think it, I think it might. And I definitely think it's going to sell more software because yeah. there's more games on Switch than any other Nintendo console that's ever existed already. So... I think software numbers is this is gonna blow every other console out of the fucking water, even if it doesn't sell as many units as the Wii. Doesn't what? need to. Where do you think it sits compared to the Xbox One? Because they haven't announced figures for a long time. So do you think it's install base I think is it's, higher? It's beating the Xbox. I think one? it's probably either just below or already over it. Yeah, me too. I think because I think the I think the it. estimates generally place the Xbox One at around. 50 to 60 or 40 to 60? Yeah, according to Wikipedia, the estimate is 46.9 million. Right. So, I mean, let's be let's be non-conservative there and say it's 50, yeah. which is already higher, I would guess. Which is crazy. And then you've got Sony all the way out in front with 108.9 million units for the PS4. Yep. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, people love to talk shit, but... <laughs> Proof's in the pudding. Uh, so... Steve called this out earlier, but Nintendo expects to sell another 19 million Switches uh, in the next fiscal year. So that's from now till March of 2021, um, which is a 9.6% drop year on year. Uh, but my question is, is this production struggle or lack of interest? Because the fact that people are still having trouble getting their hands on a Switch right now, you have to imagine that that's limiting its ability to sell right now. I don't know that they factored that in. Um, because they did put a warning for on the investor deck um, related to COVID nineteen, so I don't know if it's related to production issues. Because the, most of the factories, uh, I know they've moved from some of their production from China to Taiwan, but I think they do still mm-hmm. make some of their stuff in China. Most of those factories are reopened now, um, right? So I don't think it's a production issue. It could be a distribution issue, but my guess is they just think interest is dropping, um, or that the um, I, I was just thinking, like, where were we with the Wii in 2009, right? Sure. Wasn't that their kind of most profitable year in a long time? So if we're kind of yeah. hitting that point, then we're going to kind of start to see that drop just as, like, a trend. You yeah, know? right. And, I mean, it's not new anymore, right? Like, that's the thing. is like, yeah. the console came out three years ago now. Mm-hmm. the initial wave of interest is is going to wane that happens and and i um, would presume so it's seeing a 10 per, like a 9.6 percent drop is not a lot it's not super significant no. um but i think the interesting thing is that they're selling more switches than they probably would have now because of what's going on yes and you gotta imagine that'll continue throughout the year and maybe even into next year because i think even as bans are lifted and people are allowed to go back outside a lot of people won't um and shouldn't Oh, I don't know. So, based on the um, some of the stuff I've seen on TV, but that's besides the point. Like, people seem to still be going out <laughs> now, regardless, and I have no idea why. But, I mean, some people, yeah. but I, arguably, probably not people who are going to buy a Nintendo Switch anyway. Possibly. Uh, I also think it's worth. They've probably also factored in the fact that there's a new PlayStation and a new Xbox coming out this holiday quarter, and that mm. uh, that holiday quarter may have been big for them. If, mm. if they thought Breath of the Wild Two was going to be hitting then. And it's no longer going to be hitting then. 
it could have also been factored into it and people who are well, going to be buying one console might buy the new hot ps5 or the xbox right. series x instead yeah mm-hmm. i think i think most people probably will i think you'll see less switch sales this holiday season than ever before um still a lot but probably not nearly as many yeah because um, you got to think a lot of people are going to make that that judgment call well especially considering they had the new console last year with the switch Lite, i don't think they're going to have a, like a switch pro or another revision ready this year Mm-mm. so there's no real reason if you already got a switch to kind of switch to a different form factor or upgrade because they obviously had the one with the improved battery life as well that they released last year so it was- and any of the families who were like i'm buying a second switch are not going to buy mm-hmm. a third one this year probably so it's like there's a lot of things that could could factor into that as well um but overall that's not a bad dip at all um that's pretty pretty good actually um as we talked about last time the switch is selling at similar levels to where the wii sold um and obviously that was you know that sold 101 million units so that's yeah. not too bad fifth best-selling console of all time pretty good uh so that comes into a question we're pulling out of the mail pot from Daryl kip over on discord who asks do you think the switch will hit 100 million sold at the end of its lifespan i do i really do i think i said that last week i'm pretty bullish about it like the switch is a hit and I don't think it is going to slow down, like, massively. You know, like, obviously, 9%, you know, 9.6% year over year, sure. That'll continue. Um, they still have a lot of bullets left in the chamber, though. You know, like, they have Breath of the Wild 2. They can put out a Super Mario Odyssey 2. If they do uh, do end up doing all those Mario remasters that we talked about, those are all going to be system sellers, like, Animal Crossing could still have a huge, like, 0.5 DLC at some point. Like, another Pokemon game is going to come out soon. Um, there's so many things that can still happen that can push sales units in the same way that Animal Crossing did, in the same way that the pandemic did. So, not to um, mention, like, the idea of them hitting that number, I think, is like a lock in my mind. You said last week as well that they still haven't done a price cut. And that's yep. that's a massive bullet in their barrel that they can, they can go for if they need to. Um, and a Switch Pro. And the is Switch another Pro, thing that yeah. can bump up those numbers. And again, uh, one of the things that gets brought up less and less over time is that the Switch is selling on a similar trajectory to the um, the PS4, which is also you know fast approaching those kind of Titanic numbers. So we'll see what happens, but I, I think it will. Uh, so this this one's the 3DS <laughs> saw a 73 percent drop in sales year on year. Uh, with no future predictions from Nintendo, so they are admitting that it is dead. <laughs> can we can we just pour one out for the 3ds? Pour one out for the 3ds. Oh, I'd like to celebrate. I'd like to celebrate the fact that they're finally just given up on it because it, it seemed for a, the longest time when they kept including it in Nintendo Directs and announcing new software and things for it. It's like, what the no, fuck are you doing? It can coexist. It can coexist with the Switch. It's like, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> Kirby's super awesome, super duper extra epic yarn. Here's the thing. I loved the 3DS. I also got the 3DS like my first year of college. I'm almost, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with it. I don't want to touch it ever again. The Switch. Is You're almost a married man now. I know. <laughs> I'm nearing 30. Like, I don't need to play the 3DS anymore, okay? <laughs> We're talking about Switch 2 over here. I don't need to play 3DS games. And they saw $2 billion in revenue from digital sales, which is a 72% year-on-year increase. Digital revolution, here we come, no, baby. No. Yeah. 
No, I look at DJ's yep. nice shelf behind him, and I'm like, no, I don't ever want to just lose that. I don't, I, I don't ever. You're like, oh yeah, I really love that he just has stacks of Switch games. Yeah. I would so much, you know, like, oh, that's real estate. You that know, could be- I, I am seeing a trend. I, I think that you know, a, a general consumer will probably go more digital. Um, but you're starting to see these pop-up companies that like will release games physically to those like niche markets that which is great. like us. <laughs> Me it's and gonna, Steve. It's gonna be like vinyl, it. which is fun. Yeah. It's gonna be like vinyl and like almost every other medium where the physical stuff is for collectors and the digital's okay. for everybody yeah. else. Yeah, I get that. What's your internet speed, Pete? It's good. What's your internet speed, DJ? Really good. Mine's not really good. There's a reason why I don't get digital games. Like trying to download, <laughs> I was trying to download Forza from Game Pass the other day on the Xbox. It's a hundred gigabytes. It was still going when I woke up the next day. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm so glad though that you can get those Switch games where you buy a cart and it has ten gigs on it, and then you download the that's other thirty not, that's anyway. That's an issue that Nintendo needs to stop. They need to say that you can't do that anymore. They're, there's big enough cards. The Witcher, th- well, the Witcher came on a mm-hmm. 32 gigabyte card. I put it in, and it worked. It played. I didn't have to download yeah, any you shit. Can't, you can't make them because that balloons the cost of those games. So then it's like, are you going to be willing to pay 70 bucks for those games instead of 60? No, you're not. So they're supposed to just take it on the chin because you don't feel like downloading something? Sorry, man. Like Why That's did just the, the way Witcher it's going. Co- the Witcher cost 50 quid. Why is that any different? Like and it came on a thirty-two gigabyte card because so, CD Projekt Red was willing to take it on the chin. Yeah, but I just, I just, I can't see. They also gave away two huge expansions to The Witcher that they could have charged money for, but they didn't. You it's know, true. Like their 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 business realities are also different than other companies, though. You know, like they operate in Poland, which has a totally different economic system than a developer who's uh, owns uh, or rents business space in san francisco mm-hmm. you know which is like one of the most expensive cities in the world like you can't compare cd project red who i think is like probably the poster child for good guy triple a developer okay, gives fair, away fair shit but like, they easily the, could have charged you for but what's like the the price difference i think pixel did it before the price difference between the cartridge printing is it's like pounds like it's like a literally a couple of quid it's not it's not an additional 10 pounds on top like, yeah, but I think say most people five, would. Right? Yeah, I think, uh, but I think most people would be willing to pay an extra five pound over the over like what they're paying already. I, oh, I'm never ever they paying. They wouldn't though, right? You live in America, and I don't know what it, I, I know. There, it's like um, you sixty dollars for a box yeah, game. Yeah, here, like I bought, I could have bought Animal Crossing digitally for forty nine ninety nine. I managed to get it from Amazon for forty one ninety nine, and I got a cartridge physically. It's cheaper yeah. to buy the physical cartridge than it's download it. It makes zero fucking sense to me. And that's literally only the truth for you guys, though. But, you know, and like, see, I, I'm, I'm reserving judgment because I don't have a logical answer. Because I'm always going to go physical when I can, and that's probably not going to change anytime soon. Even if I have to pay an extra twenty or thirty dollars a game. And that's the thing is, my thing is, <laughs> if you if you guys are willing to do that, and enough, I'm in the position where I can. You know, I'm lucky yeah. in that way. And if enough collectors are willing to do that, fine. But I, I, but again, it comes into this whole problem where like we're not there yet. Like video games haven't moved to a mostly digital model, and they can't, they can't do that, you know, because like they, there needs to be no price disparity between digital and physical. Otherwise, retailers have no reason to carry video games because people will overwhelmingly buy digital, mm-hmm. um, and it will become a niche collector's product. And then you need to change the way that those are distributed because right now, physical copies of a game are a mass consumer product. 
Um, and those are marketed in different ways. And like, I think we're going to see that change maybe next gen. We'll see. But I can't see it. Like if it was going to be next gen, I think Microsoft would have just pushed and said, we're going digital only. You've got game pass. You can download everything else you need. I mean, they're planning on religion, releasing a digital only. Yeah. They did that with the Xbox one, but basically all they did was they took the drive out and just put a different facial on the front. It made zero fucking sense. And it cost the exact same price as the Xbox one S did. They do the same thing. This one won't though. Is the thing is the one that doesn't have an optical drive is going to be cheap. If they do that and I can get Game Pass on it and I can play every single Microsoft Xbox Studio game at launch on Game Pass, yeah, I'm going to buy that one. Like I pay right. nine ninety nine a month for Game Pass. That is the digital revolution. If I can do that, for, if I can pay nine ninety nine to Nintendo, nine ninety nine to Sony, and nine ninety nine to Microsoft, and I can get all of their games, then yeah, I'm going to do that, and I'm never going to buy a physical game ever again. And I, that is going to happen, though. Like, And that's the thing is I don't know that that will ever become the the norm where it's like that's the way you get all your games. But I think those kinds of services are going to become commonplace. And, you know, PC gamers already exclusively buy digitally. Like Switch is seeing more and more people buy games digitally or Nintendo wouldn't be seeing that percentage go up. Like it, the times are changing for sure. And like I – I don't know. I, I kind of think it's a good thing because I think that the fact that we are tethered to physical copies makes games more expensive. Like imagine if no developer ever had to worry about printing physical copies or distributing physical copies again or anything like that. And all, all of a sudden, all the money that you spend on that is is just profit now. And because it's digital only, you can offer more aggressive sales, you know, or you can discount your game day one. You know, or you can do all these things that you can't do right now because you have contracts and masters to please and all these things that, you know, are realities of, of physical copies. And I think, to your point, there are a lot of people who don't have internet infrastructure that, like, supports it as well as I think, you know, DJ and I do. Like, we're privileged in that situation. Most people on the East Coast have pretty good internet. Um, but I don't know. And, the, I, and it's not I, just speed. It's like with the, when it comes to the internet, it's data caps. And like countries like Australia, for example, like have everyone has a data cap on their internet. And most of the time, it's usually up to like a hundred gigabytes or two hundred gigabytes a month. And if you download two games, like one's the one's The Witcher, that's like a thirty-two gigabyte game, and one's Breath of the Wild, that's like a, a ten gigabyte game. You're already like at pretty much your limit for your entire month and that's for your whole internet for your household like including all of your netflix everything you do and until we can get past stuff like that i don't think we can go 100 percent digital i'd like to see the option i just want it to always be an option that there's always the option to get a physical copy and yeah maybe they make fewer and fewer and fewer of them but it's still nice that it's still there, just in the same way that I listen to the majority of my music on Spotify. But every now and again, one of my favorite albums, I want to buy a vinyl of it so I can have it in a collection. And it's just something nice to own. See, that's the thing, though, right? Like you think about vinyl, like vinyl, I think eventually that's probably the, where we will go. But that's going to mean that, like, it can't be a thing that you just get whenever, you know, because like. Uh, like I, I buy vinyl sometimes too, but most of the time it's like a band that I like is we're doing a limited print of vinyl because it's really expensive to produce. Or like I am 8-bit, like I bought their Undertale vinyl and yeah. that was like a one-time thing that they did and they'll never produce it again. Or maybe they'll do another print at some point, but you know, it's a reissue, whatever. Um, so that's all well and good, but like that represents a huge change and I feel like even that 
to your point, until we do have a solution that addresses all of the major markets, that like probably doesn't make sense either. But I don't know. I feel like the industry is ready for the change, but internet's not, and that's really yeah. the problem. I mean, it's data caps. Sony was ready for the change with the PSP Go like back in the day. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, I, I think that would have been a good product. Now, I think people could have got on board with that digital only. Like a digital only switch, like you can save, yeah. you can save like fifty quid off the price, but you have to go digital only because we haven't put a, a slot on it. I think tons of people would be fine with that. I, I'm at the point where like I really don't, I don't want physical games anymore. Really, like uh, the the biggest barrier for me is storage. You know, is that it's annoying to have to manage a digital library, and it's nice to be able to take a game, put it in, and take it out or whatever. But like the thing is, like with PS4 doesn't even fucking matter anymore. Like, you have to still put, like, a 60 fucking gigabyte download on it for a game that you have a disc of. Oh, and even if you, you have, have like the disc, fucking... it's copying the files from the disc and installing it to the hard drive. Right. So, at, at that point, it's like, what am I doing? Like, if I was a collector of games, that would be one thing, but I'm not, and I don't feel like games are worth collecting anymore because that's all they are, is it's, like, a piece of box art, and inside you basically have a USB drive or a disc. You know, it's like it's back to like old school PC games where it's like I download it and then this becomes useless, basically. You know, um, I'd rather just have the digital copy and not have to like, you know, oh, I want to play God of War. Where did I put that? Oh, right. It's in the basement. Let me go find it. Let me go pull out my big drawer of games and shuffle through all of them. Where did I, you know, like it's just, oh, I can just go to the yeah. library and click. There it is. I think they could solve that problem, though, like still distribute the game on a digital medium, get around that allow us to install it on the drive from that disc or that cartridge. And then it's like registered to you, for example, and you can't then resell that so someone else can use it. But it means that people with crappy internet can still get the game without having to rinse their download cap or worry about the speeds being shitty. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know, dude, like, aren't they already risking that? Because like, I don't know. No, like if I if I put like Animal Crossing in my Switch, it will copy like the files from Animal Crossing. I can do what I want with that. I can bin it if i wanted to but it's registered sure. it's registered to like my account and like i have to deregister if i want to resell it that kind of thing yeah i don't know we'll see what happens it's an interesting conversation though uh so then the last little bit here was kind of um there oh i'm sorry there was a one other thing the mobile business is up 11 percent and generated around 482 million dollars which is pretty great for them um they don't have that many mobile titles out so uh, the fact that they're all still chugging along is pretty cool. Uh, so then, yeah, like Steve called out, they also had a warning that COVID-19 could continue uh, to mean delays if the situation doesn't get better than it is right now. And um, that actually leads us into a question we got from Twitter, uh, from Twitter user at BRNDQN. I think it's Brandon Quinn. Um, there are many rumors who talk about a possible the possibility of no nintendo direct for june due to covid19 what are your thoughts about that when do you think it could happen instead well i i think i don't know if we'll get a traditional direct probably until our typical fall one um i think we might start to get those drip feeds of information via twitter maybe a youtube video drop and that's probably or like a trailer not like a direct um that's probably more likely than uh a direct anywhere between now and probably september in my opinion my guess is we won't have one for 2020 now i think um we may see just some 
short videos posted, but I don't think it'll be branded like a Nintendo Direct. I think we'll probably have one that announces the actual Smash Fighter, but that'll be like a solo thing on its own. And they're never ever branded as, as Smash anyway when it's um uh just like an announcement like that. Um But I don't think they'll have a traditional direct. I don't think they've got the content that they can really put out from third parties. Maybe we'll have one for just the Mario stuff, that if the rumored Mario stuff. Um but I could see that that again is just a either a tweet that goes out or a, vi- a video posted to YouTube, like you said, DJ. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I don't think we'll see another Direct in 2020 just because I think with where we're at, like it's so hard for them to know what the future looks like. And you don't want to... I think especially after Metroid Prime 4, Nintendo is probably really gun-shy about announcing things that are not a sure thing. Um, why release an event, go through the trouble of producing it, spending money, doing all that stuff, if you can't guarantee that the products are going to come out. It's like you're just setting, you're setting your audience up for disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And like it was in their statement that they said, it said we may not be able to proceed with the release of Nintendo products and the start of services as planned. This is a, this is also true for other software pu- publishers. So it may not be possible to provide game content on Nintendo's platforms as planned. And I think that's probably the case. I really do. Um, and I mean, like we talked about it, there's only three games announced for 2020. Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, Clubhouse Games, Famicom, Detective Club, which is a Japan-only title. Um, so it's four, actually. And then the Pokemon DLC and Fighter Pass 2. So it's like when three games in DLC. The, when's the second DLC for Pokemon? Isn't that hot, like... Fall 2020? It's in the fall, yeah. So, actually, question two from Brandon uh, is, what are your expectations about the DLC for Pokemon? Do you think those DLCs will be postponed? I don't... I don't know. I don't know about, about the Junes, but, I mean, maybe maybe the second one. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so, because they reiterated it again in their slides in the for the Investor deck. It was announced today that it's coming in the end of June and in fall for 2020. And I don't think they would have said that to their investors if they weren't 100% sure. If they that. weren't sure. I think the the fall one I could see getting postponed. Uh, just because I would imagine that the one that's set to come out was probably way closer to the finish line when trouble started. You know, Whereas this one, the probably ramp up of it was supposed to be happening now. So... It's hard to say, but... If next month's one wasn't coming in June, I'm pretty sure we would know about it. I think we would know that today, yeah. So. I think I think that's safe to say. So yeah, I think... Obviously a lot of in- interesting information that came from this this presentation. I, I love that Nintendo does this. I'm a geek about data, and I love that Nintendo is so transparent about their sales and their plans and how things are going. Because it... You know, it gives you a lot to chew on. It gives us, it makes it easy to prognosticate, um, which is great because that's half of what we do here. So, um, as always, I'm really happy to see Nintendo succeeding. I'm happy to see how things are going for them this generation because I think, obviously, the Switch is a hit and deservedly so. It's great, great piece of hardware, and um, I love, I love playing on it. So, um, I'm excited to to see what the rest of the year looks like. Fingers crossed, we actually get some some more stuff. Uh, so we also had another little interesting piece of news that came out uh, this week where there was a huge, huge leak on 4chan of a bunch of source code from N64, GameCube, Wii, 
Uh, there was a lot of stuff that had never, ever been seen before, like data that's never, ever been picked over. Uh, really, really huge development for like video game preservation as well as kind of like the hacking and modding communities and all that stuff. Huge wave. Uh, Nintendo hit a lot of people with cease and desists and threatening phone calls and all this stuff, but it's out there. It's out there now. Like it's part of the lexicon. So uh, Olaf over on the Discord asked, what is your opinion about the reasoning that the, I'm sorry, what was your opinion about the reasoning that was leaked regarding friend codes instead of normal profile names that was in the leaked presentation? So uh, what Olaf is referencing is there's this like slide from a Nintendo developers conference uh, that has been making the rounds online that explains the friend code. And, and I'll read it to you briefly here. It says, to realize this friend function, the 12 digit friend codes are used. At first, there were uh, opinions that instead of a 12-digit numbers, a freely chosen screen name would be better. Problems with using screen names include, quote, there is a high probability of duplicate screen names. When this happens, multiple re-entries are required. Conflicts with the, quote, simple principle. <laughs> it's possible to guess someone's screen name by trying different combinations of their actual name. Conflicts with the comfortable principle. So, yeah, what do you, what do you think about that? Uh, I think that's bullshit, right? Like, it's yeah, but like at at the time, I could see like Nintendo wasn't quite in that like gamer centric phase. If they are even there now, um, so they they're really kind of catering to that. Well, screen names, you know, that could put a lot of people in jeopardy as far as you know parents' comfortableness with that type of thing and it's easier to just randomly generate 12 numbers and there you go that's your screen name you know what i mean so, yeah. so i, I kind of get it for the time but it did not age well i, I get right? the idea that it's inherently more secure to have a number than a name but it's also mm -hmm. just like i don't understand what they thought they were protecting you from when you think about it right because it's like first of all saying that it conflicts with the simple principle that's ludicrous to think that it is more simple to have a 12-digit number that you need to either memorize or copy and paste and send to people to connect. That's ridiculous that they ever and thought that. To, to mention this as well, um, at least now with the Switch, you have one friend code that you distribute. Yeah. Back in the Wii days and the DS days, you had friend codes per game. Like, each game that you played online, you had your own individual Trying to play codes. Smash online on the Wii was, like, such a... What an experiment. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I used to go on, like, community forums, and, like, people's bios would be Mario Kart FC, Pokemon FC, mm. uh, Smash FC, and, and you had, you know, potentially up to 10 different friend codes to manage, and it was just... it's it, That is not simple. No, it's ridiculously convoluted. and It's probably more of... comfortable than simple. And I think the idea of, like, the guessing someone's screen name and everything, I also think that's a stupid reason because it's like, okay, you can guess someone's screen name. Great. You can have privacy settings where, like, right. the, it's private until you add someone as a friend. Like, that's literally how communicating on the internet has worked. Like, AIM figured that out. AOL got it right in 1997. <laughs> and Nintendo's like, 12-digit friend codes, though. That's more – that's better. That's, you know, safer. More easy, more simple. We're still there. Everybody still loves numbers, them. right? Yeah, I know, and it's awful. It's an awful system that everyone hates. <laughs> we have to have a Discord channel where I pin 
my thing so that people can add me because I don't know my friend code because why the I fuck used would to I? Uh, back in the day I used to memorize my for my like most played games I would memorize my friend code like a you know like a screen name yeah I'm gonna it get it like wild. tattooed on my body like that yeah. m- movie Memento so that I can just mm-hmm. be like what is it here it is just just pull down my shirt <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so so I saw this tweet I I saw this tweeted out by kind of funny Zimran Khan. And a mm-hmm. bunch of game developers t- replied and all liked their thinking on it, right? They thought That's ridiculous. They seemed to think that, yeah, this makes sense, that someone's setting up their console for the first time. Maybe it's a mom, maybe it's a dad, maybe it's an old person, because we all know the Wii was popular in, like, for old people getting up and playing bowling or whatever. And I can understand that it would be really fucking annoying that you couldn't just put dad or mum in as the name and you couldn't have it, right? I can get that thinking. Sure. But I swear, even back when the Wii was released, Blizzard figured this out, and they did the exact same thing that Discord does. You just can have any name you want. I could be Steve on Discord if I wanted. Yeah, and they attach, but you still have a number. They attach four numbers to the end, not 12. And that way, I, don't, and- I can just say my name is Steve22UK hash 2462, and there's no issue. It's a lot easier to remember than SW-1234-6789. Yeah. It's ridiculous. We really, They really should have switched and changed to it. And if they didn't want the, the, ish, the simple principle of having to repeat enter the stuff, they should have just adopted what Discord and Battle.net and a bunch of other services do these days. Even, even Microsoft are doing it now. You can, have, you can have a name that someone else has but they just add a hash and a number at the end of it. So this slide aside and everything, I think the real headline here is like what this means for like the emulation community and game preservation and everything. What do you guys think about it from that angle? Yeah, I think it's great. I'm I'm a big like person who tries my best to preserve games. And if this can give people with the technical prowess who do you know, take these ROMs from, from certain games just, just to preserve them, you know, illegal distribution is garbage. You know, I'm not, you know, one for that at all. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of the modding community and the emulating community can learn a lot from, from this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one thing in my opinion to steal code, which a cease and desist is, is completely justified. Don't get me wrong. Um, but there's a sort of understanding that you can get from just, just looking at this type of stuff, um, that is kind of invaluable in that way, Yeah. Uh, where you can kind of understand how to like the dolphin emulator, a lot of contributors to, to that emulator, you know, basically were saying that they, they can learn a lot from this, even if they're not ripping code, which nobody should do that. Um, they can kind of say, oh, this is kind of how they did that. But you can, it's more like logic than it is, hey, I'm going to rip your code, you know? Definitely. Yeah. And, and I think, I think in general, I'm really stoked about this. The, the one thing I want to add to the conversation that's not, hey, this is great, is I'm deeply frustrated by Nintendo's reactions to when this stuff happens because they are so aggressive about cease and desist, and I totally understand <laughs> you need to protect your copyright, and, and I get it and everything, but, like, 
old code from unreleased games or like demos and stuff like that, those are not hurting anybody. Like, and Nintendo, as as much as they are aggressive about protecting their rights to those things, they seem to have no interest in preserving of them or making them available to anybody. So that sucks because whether, you know, th- like I get it, they're a modern multi-million dollar company and they have an image and whatever and blah, blah, blah. Nintendo is intrinsically one of the most important players in video game history. And they have done such a bad job of preserving and making their knowledge and their history accessible. You know, like they have a book about the development and history of Pokemon that was only released in Japan. And it's like a manga. And it's like, that's great. I would love that in the West. I would also love like an actual book, like a real history book, like a real deep dive. But guess what? They won't talk to journalists. And, you know, like all that kind of stuff sucks. You should. So like it's left to. There is a ton of Pokemon stuff that Game Informer did. You should check it out. Like, I know they're owned by... Like which? They they well, they got exclusive access to the whole studio, and they did, like, a whole magazine and a bunch of stuff online and a bunch of interviews with all of the um, uh, the Game Freak staff. There's a whole stuff, mm. and you should, che- you should check it out. It's, it's I'm wondering watching. if I've seen it. It, it might be... It, you, you may have already. It was around about the time they, they released, I think it was Let's Go, the Let's Go stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I think I do remember that. Yeah. Um, I'll have to check it out though and see if I if yeah, there's anything but, there I haven't. Seen. But I do get what you're saying. They're they're way too secretive, way too aggressive. But on in the same vein, like it's their shit. Like I can Sony went crazy, and I know that's The Last of Us too. But they also did still like Uncharted three dev content. And I'd imagine if I start posting up Uncharted three dev stuff online, Sony's gonna be on my back, and they're gonna. But see, that's that's the thing is I don't get that because I think The Last of Us I totally understand the game's not out yet. Like, that's affecting your nut. Like, you putting out... Like, if I, you know, Joe Random Guy who comes across this Uncharted 3 development content and puts that out on the internet, who's that hurting? Does that hurt Naughty Dog? Does that hurt, you know, Sony's sales on Uncharted 3? Like, no, it doesn't. And if they if they had plans... And that's my entire thing, too, right? If un, If Naughty Dog had plans to put out a book about that, about the development of Uncharted. And here, we're going to give you all the design documents and all these things, and here's the concept art, and here's what changed, and cool. Then that would be a conflict of interest, and I get why you want to be like, all right, no, fuck you. But if you're not going to put it out, like, who, you're just hurting people who are interested in your IP. Like, you're hurting fans that are passionate about, like, like there's this person I follow on Twitter, uh, Dr. Lava, who does this, like, Pokemon origin stuff and he puts out like I used to retweet him like every day where he would put out like designs of Pokemon that never came out or how designs of Pokemon changed and stuff like that who does that hurt by that information being available it's not like it's the code of the game where it's like oh that's proprietary technology we don't want someone to steal this fine whatever fine but like art assets like dev notes and stuff like that come on dude like it just seems it just it yeah, seems like I do, I do really overly aggressive way to treat people who are ultimately fans. Yeah, I and mean, they've always been like it. They've always been like it with like any any time a ROM showed up online, it's like down. And it's just disappointing. And I can understand it when they're selling those ROMs on like the virtual console and they're making money from it. But yes. when they're not available anywhere, then yeah, it sucks. 
I, I, I get your argument, but I also see Nintendo's stance on it. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I'm just upset by it. So we did have one more news item to discuss here, but we are getting long in the tooth on this episode. So I think uh, we'll probably take that conversation over to After Dark, uh, but uh, Mass Effect might be coming to the Switch, and I'm really excited. So we're going to talk about that in After Dark. Um, but if you want to support this show, remember, you can give us a like on your audio platform of choice. Subscribe to our RSS feed wherever you get your podcasts so you make sure that you're ready when our episodes go live every Monday morning. Head over to LootPots.com. Check out our news and reviews, including DJ's review of Coffee Talk, the game we're going to be playing for our very first game club. So if you want to be a part of that, make sure you go download the game, play it, get ready to submit your questions and be part of that conversation. Uh, it's going to be a great time. We'll probably set up a Discord channel for it. Uh, speaking of the Discord, go join it. We have a great little Discord community full of potheads just like you who love talking about Nintendo, uh, exchanging items, helping each other out. It's a great community. Uh, we hope you'll come be a part of it. Um, if you want to get your thoughts right on the air on the pots, uh, the mail pot segment, like a few people did, you can hit us up in that Discord. Write to me at pete@loopots.com or follow at loopots on Twitter, just like Brandon did, and head over there. And uh, we usually put up a thread every week where we ask for questions. You can submit them there as well. You can also follow us over on Instagram. Um, and uh, hit us up at twitch.tv slash lootpots for our weekly Animal Crossing streams. Uh, Steve's going to be live on Monday again with some more coffee talk. So if you're listening to this Monday morning, it's later that day, head over, subscribe, turn on the notifications. You'll know when he goes live. Uh, what time is that, Steve? 6 p.m. EST, uh, BST, 1 p.m. EST. BST, I think it's, I think it's 1 p.m. EST. Yeah, 1 p.m. EST. Which is like, what, uh... 11 a.m. or something over oh, on the I, West Coast. So I, I can't go any go, further. Figure it out. Figure out your time zone. See when he's going live. Go check it out. It's going to be a good time. Um, yeah, last but not least, head over to patreon.com slash loopos. Hit us at that $1 level, and you'll get access to our After Dark post show that we're about to hop into and talk about Mass Effect. Um, it's also, we have like 30-some-odd episodes that we recorded before we brought it to the $1 level. You can check out all of them now. Um, most of them are an hour plus, so you're getting like 30-plus hours of content for a buck. And uh, you help support the show that you seem to enjoy if you're still listening to me talk right now. So uh, thank you again for joining us here in another episode of the podcast. Hope we'll see you in After Dark. If not, we'll catch you next week. We love you. Goodbye.